Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 150. Congratulations, everyone. We made it episode 150. I'm your host, Joel, and joining me live on the line, it's Jace. How are you doing, Jace? Not bad. You? Doing all right. It is spring 2023. Spring is here. Spring is here. Boing! Yes, indeed. We are in the midst of our new season. You actually uh, just saw a movie today, though. So before we get into all that, uh, I actually missed the memo about Crunchyroll having uh, this movie out in theaters in the U.S. uh, the past couple days. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things where uh, I get the notification. I think it was either my phone or on the website or something popped up going, Suzume in theaters. And Marissa was telling me she was planning on seeing it, but uh apparently it's limited engagement it'll only be in theaters for about two weeks uh starting uh uh at the time of this recording today the 14th um and uh so this is not one of those fathom events um the the movie will be available both subbed and dubbed uh for uh due to time constraints i caught the dub uh version of it um suzume is uh makoto shinkai's latest film and uh I could watch a whole series on this, honestly. And I did not expect the end point of the road trip to end where it ended because that right there was some uh, emotional damage. Well, that's not so surprising because if you know the name Makoto Shinkai, you've probably heard it because he's the one that is responsible for your name and weathering yep. with you most recently. Yep. Uh, has also worked on several other movies back in the day, but... Uh, your name was certainly the big breakout hit for him, at least here in the West. So I hope that I'm going to be able to get a chance to see this one. I'm glad it's actually getting a full two-week run, it sounds like, because yep. sometimes these this only was, get uh, like two showings, one sub and one dub, and then it's gone. The difference being is that usually when that happens, those are put on by Fathom Events. Um, so those are special Not moments. done some one, two-day things they might well. have. They might have partnered with Fathom for those. Whereas this one's being handled by Sony Pictures releases. Mm. So Sony is releasing this in theaters under the Crunchyroll banner. Uh, but it's, uh, it starts off with Sony Pictures releasing right after that Crunchyroll logo to let you know this is a film release, not an event. There are no interviews, none of that preamble that you get with the Fathom uh, events uh, that you typically get. Like, uh, I think it was last month, uh, I saw Shin Ultraman in theaters and they had the interview with people and they talked about the making of the movie before the movie. None of that with this. It is trailers, boom, movie. That's it. Um, and I could watch a whole series because of how smoothly this ran. Um, it reminded me a lot. It had elements artistically. It was beautiful. Uh, there are scenes Shinkai is very good with capturing a similar essence to Miyazaki in uh, some of the animation, especially when dealing with paranormal elements. Um, there's an element of it that deals with the apocalypse uh, or, or an impending apocalypse um, that reminded me a lot of Clamp's seminal unfinished work X, um, which I absolutely adored. Um, quite possibly my favorite thing and th I, I was telling Marissa this on the phone after I got out of the movie uh, theater. I, I was telling her that uh, what impressed me is that 
because music is such an integral part at a few points in the movie, there's a scene taking place at a karaoke bar. And uh, this is a cross country journey uh, as well. So there's, you know, a little bit of singing in a car and uh, the dub actors sing the Japanese, which I thought was really impressive because it made sense. You're in Japan. It's a Japanese story. So even though you're watching in English, the fact that they sing the songs that are in Japanese, it also keeps the immersion. Probably going to fit the music better that we've had localized lyrics before and they can be hit or miss. Yep. Like there are a couple of very prolific ones that have been very good, for instance, or on high school host clubs, Kiss Kiss Fall in Love, you know, Sakura Kiss. That's one that has certainly stood the test of time. And uh, that is not the last time we're going to be mentioning mentioning or on high school host club today. Spoilers. (laughs) But anyways, that's an interesting choice and one that I can definitely respect. So that's nice. And I'm looking forward to seeing Suzume hopefully being able to get there in the next week or so. I've been pretty busy myself this week, though, that uh, this is that week of the uh, week, of the month rather, where I'm working on our next radio drama. And it is going to be next Saturday, the 22nd, that we return to Tal Dore for The Legend of Vox Machina season two, part one. Unsurprisingly, the cast was very eager to go back to this, that uh, The Legend of Vox Machina wound up being some of our most uh, popular, at least among the cast, for the shows in the past year. And I'm very excited to put my, honestly, one of my more uh, careful and original script treatments, having written the narrator as the DM for the game. So do look Hmm. forward to that. And unfortunately, that's also meant that I haven't been able to see all the anime I wanted to this week that I usually say, you know, about once a month. This is what puts me usually a week behind. And fortunately, what I was able to do is see all of the premieres for the new shows that I wanted to watch. So what I deliberately did is I've put off the first episodes of all the sequel seasons because those are ones I know I'm going to watch anyways. And unless something goes catastrophically wrong, I'm not going to drop a show that I've been super excited for, especially with how stacked this season is. It, yeah. Know, I'm, I did get a chance to see the premiere of season two for Birdie Wing, actually with you, Jason. Uh, we'll yep. get to that. We actually had an anime night last weekend. Woo. And this morning I watched <laughs> the uh, premiere of Demon Slayer Swordsmith Village Arc, which was, of course, very good, very pretty. Yeah. I have not gotten around to Dr. Stone. I've not gotten around to, I'm counting Konosuba as a sequel. Kuma 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 Bear. Um, You've got Ancient a lot Magus more returning Pride. shows than I have. Yeah, <laughs> but there's actually been a ton of new shows, and I oh was able God. to see all of those that I wanted to see, plus a couple extra. So let's there's just start with those. one that I didn't catch, and oh. you mentioned it uh, to me, actually. Uh, sh- should we jump right into that one? You were going to read the uh, passage describing oh, it. Oh, uh, Yuri is my job? Okay, yeah, yeah sure. Now, now and, that you... <laughs> let's let's start with that, because I was, I was going to kind of segue by saying... Since the stumble WWE had uh, after WrestleMania last week, I have put off wrestling. And it's a good thing because, my God, anime is stacked this season. (laughs) So Yuri is My Job is a adaptation of a manga. And this is one that I've seen floating around for a while. And I had already I knew the premise going in and knew basically the content of the first few chapters, first episode. And what we have here, and 
by the way, folks, spoiler warning for episode ones, basically, except for I'm going to say we won't spoil Oshinoko because that's one that you really don't want spoiled. Go watch Oshinoko. I will get to a bit of a rant about that later. Go watch Oshinoko. <laughs> it's on high dive. Uh, as of right now, or at least as of anime. yesterday, uh, it is currently the highest rated show on my anime list, period. Yeah. And, and we do uh, not expect it to stay there, <laughs> but the mere fact that it hasn't even for a moment and it's been all over social media and the prevailing logic is what I've already said of go in as ignorant as possible. Yeah. Try to avoid spoilers. Go watch it. It is about 80 minutes long and it's incredible. And this is the it one the last week, Jace, you mentioned saying that it needed to be this triple length and you were right because yeah. if they had tried to do this and ended at the one third point. I know exactly where they would have ended it and it would have yep. been fine, but it yeah. wouldn't have grabbed people the way it has yeah. grabbed people. So Oshinoko, like obviously early front runner for anime of the season, like this, it, that's one that I look at and say, yeah, that's top 10 material right away. If they keep it up. Yeah. I hope they keep that up too. Cause it was a, uh, it was a packed room at anime Boston for that premiere. Um, we got the, uh, the U.S. premiere of the subtitled version of that at the convention. I sat down. I was there. I got a little, uh, little party favor uh, for uh, for going to see it too. A little uh, of uh, uh, Hoshino, a little card of her. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, every, they were they were a little blind bag uh, favors too. So you didn't know which character you were going to get. Um, but yeah, the the crowd was into it the entire time it was crazy um and uh then i went to the high dive industry panel uh, about an hour and a half after that and the buzz was still like the ev- everybody was still riding high on oshinoko it's really uh, good folks go watch it <laughs> uh funny enough yeah i've got other things now that because of the high dive industry panel that left me going huh now I've got to like insert some backburner things if things fall through, like uh, Surune, uh, the linking shot, uh, apparently is a really good anime about archery. And I was like, I hadn't even heard of it. Like, then I may have heard the title. Oh, in isn't that an passing, older one? I guess, but it's having a movie. I guess oh, interesting. High Dive uh, was talking about that at the panel. And, uh, you know, they played a clip of that. They played a few clips of some other things, including. Uh, uh feast of amrita which uh is a which is a movie they licensed that they're going to be putting out on their site um it's the second movie from an independent uh filmmaker uh in japan independent uh similar to makoto shinkai except much smaller budget and very much obsessed with the horror genre um their first movie is also on the platform i can't remember the title off the top of my head um but it's kind of a you know it when you see it right away. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's very gross looking. And I'm like, you know what? Small animation studio doing feature length animated horror. I'm curious. Yeah. You know, so when that I, I will check out that first uh, movie, probably uh, for for next week's episode. I'll check that out along with uh, the uh, uh, Feast of Amrita when it comes out. Uh, just because small studio film that is unusual you know i i i it, it caught my attention with just that little buzz around it but anyway 
Anyway, yeah, we got to do divergence there. Yeah, Yuri is my job. So this is the series that is about a girl who is uh, very prim, proper, perfect, very cute. And it's all a facade that she is very deliberately trying to be cute and adorable and nice and gracious and popular because she wants to land a rich husband. She is acutely aware of uh, perhaps you know, societal expectations. Uh, there, what was the term that I saw in one of the reviews that was really good about it of just, um, it, she's determined to use the traditional expectations of cuteness and femininity to her social and financial advantage. Um, and she's going about life and she's being very successful in it. She is a first year in high school. And one day she accidentally runs into another girl and injures her hand completely by accident. They just bump into each other on the street. Uh, but the girl who gets injured says, Oh, can you please help me? And naturally trying to be the nice girl uh, who, uh, gets along with others. She says, Oh, I accidentally bumped into you and you got hurt. If there's anything I can do to help you, I'd, I'd be happy to. And she says, okay, I need you to work at my cafe because, well, I can't with my injured hand. And this is, at least on the surface, Oron High School Girls Club or Libe High School <laughs> Girls Club of, it is effectively a host club. And it's the sort of, you know, quote unquote, pure Yuri of uh, a bunch of girls who are very affectionate and that it's sort of a play and that they have their personas when they're, uh, uh, attending to customers and whatnot. And in some of the early interactions that this girl has with the other girls at the cafe, she notices this one girl who is uh, the big sister, the One-san type. And she's like, oh, you're very nice. And she very politely at one point says, you know, thank you, One-san, of just uh, good intent there. And not realizing that this is actually a social faux pas that only only girls who are particularly close or have a specific type of relationship in this world, quote unquote, in that, uh, in that culture are supposed to refer to each other that way. So she flippantly sort of went outside what would be the social boundaries and the workaround to that is okay. Well, now the customers think that you two are actually, uh, these sister types, and if we're going to do that, and that's what their expectation is, you two now need to actually commit to this sister archetype for the good of the bit. And the thing is, the older sister was like, I didn't want this new girl to walk in, and now I need to tend to her. And since I'm technically the older sister now, I'm responsible for any of the screw-ups she makes. I do not like this girl. And she <laughs> you know, says to the girl, like, I despise you. You've put me in a bad position, and I'm not happy with it. But that... When they're out in public performing for the crowd, they're pretending to be all sisterly and wonderful. So it's this wow. duality of this very nice girl who's not actually a nice girl pretending to be a nice girl. But then there's the other girl who is also pretending to be nice but doesn't like her, but also with somewhat good reason. It is a good combination of comedy and genre deconstruction. And it's very, very fun. But what gets me... um. There is a site that I frequent called AnimeFeminist.com, and they do some really good reviews, not only just in terms of do I think they have a good eye for quality, but they look at things from the feminist angle of just, you know, all right, how are they treating their female characters? How are they treating their minority characters? And that that is not the only thing they focus on, but they 
they go into their reviews with the extra intent of, all right, as we're doing our normal conventional review, we're also going to have an eye on that because, frankly, it's something that other publications don't do. Um, and they absolutely love this series. And there was a comment on it. So this isn't even the normal reviewer that compares the series to professional wrestling. And I read it and I was like, oh, my God, Jace needs to hear this. Mario needs to hear this. I'm going to post this in the Discord later because it's so good. So I'm it's a big three paragraph uh, comment. I'm just going to read the first paragraph. I absolutely adore the dynamics in the show and how they play out like a professional wrestling match. You've got the rumbling scene with its established narratives and dynamics that at once draws upon a long tradition to manufacture its ebbs and flows of kayfabe while also being on the lookout for a way to shake up the card. An uncanny man, sorry, a canny manager who's not above pulling a few tricks to scout herself the freshest new talent because uh, we find out later that girl that got injured, her hand injury is actually not that bad. Uh, mm -hmm. That it, who's not above pulling a few tricks to scout herself the freshest new talent, a green new face who's trying to locate herself a gimmick that goes against the prevailing angle, and a bunch of veterans who know exactly how to work a crowd and get a pop, but are understandably unnerved by this hungry new contender with her major push. The culmination of it all comes when Hime, struggling under the heat because she's a, a hit on the mic, but unsteady with the spot, decides to put it all on the line and shoot with Mitsuki, pushing the limits of the constructed universe to its limits as she challenges challenges their stagnant gimmicks to sublate uh, her daring swerve, faced with a main eventer who refuses to sell her setups until the pressure grows too great, and the queen, in letting her go over to preserve kayfabe, ushers in the beginning of a bold new era, driving the marks wild as they realize uh, on some level the sheer artistry of what they've just witnessed. It transported me back to the days that I'd watch wrestlers I'd idol as a kid pulling off impossibly daring moves and cheering my lungs raw because they were, in every sense of the term, real. Wow. And having seen the episode, out of I only provided some very framework context. But it's the type of thing, Jace, go watch that episode and then read that paragraph again. Yeah. It's uncanny. Like, <laughs> it's like a really good analogy. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to check this out now. Like, damn. It's very fun. Uh, and that's on top of everything else I'm watching. Oh my God. Especially because a few things slipped in after the fact, uh, when, when, uh, we were doing our preview and certain things like the marginal service wasn't listed on any streaming platform. And then Crunchyroll decided to be like, Here's the marginal service with very little fanfare. I didn't end and up watching that one because it got some really subpar reviews. So it was like, eh, I'll pass. It is a trip of an action show. I'm liking the monster designs. Uh, the the like, or, or as I was calling them, rave yokai, because one of the ones you see in the preview is clearly a kappa. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically you got monsters masquerading as humans and a secret government organization led by an old man who kind of reminds me of uncle from Jackie Chan adventures. Um, and this ragtag group of people from all around the world, uh, including a uh, British hotshot, um, your typical uh, cop who will do anything to catch his guy, who is our main character um, and the rock. That's it. I'm just going to call that guy, the rock. He, they they shamelessly just based it around the rock. It's this big tan 
super muscly guy who lifts weights and doesn't have much of a personality. It's kind of hilarious. I this this season's full of three things that I absolutely love. And that's I love my rom-coms. I love flashy action shows. And I love the really, really up kind of, you know, oh my God, that just happened type of shows. And so Marginal Service falls into that former category of fun, flashy, wild ride. <laughs> um, All right. And I'll, along I'll with keep that, keep an ear to the ground and see if others say as much as you're saying and if you continue to like it that i have a lot on my plate it's, it's my guilty just, pleasure uh, so to speak you know um but that also brings me to the other guilty pleasure that uh kind of sneaked in there uh drops on monday dead mount death play uh coming to us from studio geek toys the people who gave me one of my favorites last season ningen fushin um oh, so we can't isekai. even really comment on that one yet since it's not premiered so uh oh i did we did watch hell's paradise yeah and uh, well dead mountain you know, did drop that was on oh, monday did? yeah oh, sorry that dropped on monday uh and yeah that is a, a really interesting isekai with a twist you're watching the whole medieval thing go down and they're fighting the big final boss and you know we're leading up to the stereotypical reincarnation a moment that you expect in isekais uh, you know, and then we get to our main character in, you know, modern day Japan. And you think it's the main character night, dude? No, it was the villain, the brain in a jar. The necromancer is the main character. That was a hell of a oh. twist that caught me off guard right away. I was like, well, I did not see that coming, let alone when he realizes that the, uh, uh, that he can access his powers in this new world. Uh, because when we first come to him in the modern day, he can't really talk or say anything. And there's just blood running down his neck and staining the front of his shirt. Oh, turns my. out that this girl has been chasing him down with a crowbar and trying to kill him. Oh there my. are people trying to kill him and he doesn't know why. Yeah. It's, well, then. it is, it is a, Fun, well-animated, hell-of-a-twist isekai that I want to know where it's going. Um, Geek Toys is very quickly becoming a studio that I look out for between this and Ning and Vushin for, like, just something of quality. It's it's one of those... It's kind of like how you said PA Works does the uh, the cozy really well, uh, as uh, they did uh, Skip and Loafer. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that they do cozy really well. They do slice of life really slice well. Slice of They've life. They've done different okay. types of slice of life that I usually point to Sakura Quest as one of the best things they've ever done, but they also do a lot of different ones. And Skip to Loafer is shaping up to be a perhaps not their best work, but still a yeah. very solid work of just a girl leaving her small town, going to a big university, and that uh, trying to figure out differences and just e the characters that um sorry e lost train of thought there for a second <laughs> the, the characters that the studio makes they write the ganky well-meaning 
characters very well and they put them in different situations and this is going to be it seems you know how does the genki well-meaning character take going to a different school which frankly is one of their simpler and more stereotypical angles on it and it yeah. was one that i sort of had to do a mental check and realize like oh they just haven't done a school one before at least not in this sense that mm. they this is the studio Sakura Quest is about a girl who is a uh, tourism marketing person in a small yeah. rural Japanese town. That's as niche as it gets. It's weird. It's different. Mm. So actually just going to school seems like it could be a bit straightforward, but I'm very confident that they'll be able to do something that really puts their spin on it because uh, PA Works has really, really, really good writers and a very good track record. So I expect that there's going to be a lot more beneath the surface, but Starting off, it's definitely been strong. Another one that uh, you and I both watched, which was very fun, lighthearted, maybe not you know stellar, but was still interesting, was Otaku Elf. Yes, and... I almost bought the manga today <laughs> too because they had it on clearance, like volumes one through uh, four for like four bucks a piece. And I was like, four volumes of manga for 16 bucks? That's a deal. And I'm like, dude, Calm yourself, okay? <laughs> like, you literally just conveyed yesterday and bought your pre-reg to Anime Boston for next year. Don't go blowing your money on the nerd stuff way too quickly like that, you know? <laughs> but it was speaking a fun of blowing money on nerd stuff. have your good otaku characters. I'm going to yeah. give it a couple more episodes. It is one, though, that I see could get dropped in just the shuffle of a very busy season, but it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I found... Uh, I found her very likable. Uh, I like the fact that she is not a messy otaku. She is rather, she is, you know. She is an otaku with standards, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it they, they don't tiptoe around the drama either. Like, you know, we, and yet there's a little comedy behind that drama. Like, why does she not show herself? Like, because a kid made fun of my ears. It's like, okay, there's more to it than just that. But, you know. Th thanks for the little haha -ha moment mixed in with the sprinkling of, ooh, there's going to be some emotional damage down the line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of Otaku Elf, also on High Dive was Too Cute Crisis. I, I laughs out of this one. I, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be your stereotypical gag story about, you know, Aliens come to destroy Earth, but first, find out if there's anything worth saving on that planet. Hmm, well, let me see if there's a dessert. Hmm, this cafe should have dessert. Oh my god, what is this thing? Oh my god! Oh, it's so cute! It's fluffy! And the, the noise it made! Ah! Like... It's Cute Cats the anime. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, oh, well, no, it's not just cats, too, because then she sees dogs and she doesn't know what dogs are. And she first thinks that dog Cute is animals, the anime. Cat. Yeah, basically, it's just alien keeps getting exposed to cute things and freaking out and literally mind melt and like, <laughs> I heard it was good, but it was a little one note. Yeah, you know, I mean, like this, this could be something I wind up dropping, you know, in a few episodes, but like I said, it's it's we got we got our we got Humanity's our dark stuff. Not worth we, got, saving. we got our the pets are. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I mean, some days I really do feel like that. So, 
maybe I am an alien and don't even realize it. it it's mm. it's an okay show, but it might wind up getting dropped uh, because it's such a stacked season. And a lot of these shows do have one note jokes like uh, Mashal, which is a Shonen Jump series. Um, or as I've been calling it, what if Saitama wound up in the wizarding world? We literally have a world in which everything is done with magic. And we have this guy who looks like Mob. And uh, he was born without magic powers. So off in the middle of the woods, this old man decides to raise the baby as his own. And, you know, oh, you need to be able to defend yourself in case something happens. So he teaches the kid self-defense and to lift weights. Insert many goofy lifting weights in stupidly fast, unrealistic way possible jokes. Um, you know, now there is going to be some darker undertones because apparently if you have no magical powers, they straight up yeet you. You're dead. We, we got a, we got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a Harry Potter ish thing going on minus the troublesomeness of the original author because yeah if you are born with no magic powers they straight up kill you no no need for people without magic in this world apparently and that's why the man saved the baby um and so he's given once once his existence is made known to people uh because he's an idiot and wanted cream puffs uh and went into town and it's like oh my god he he doesn't have powers so he's given the option, go to magic school and become the greatest in the, I, I don't even know what the hell the whole thing was. Ah, yes, because, uh, you, you know, plot armor, well, yeah. we would normally kill you, but this time we'll go through sort of a roundabout obtuse way of giving you one last chance. And no, we've never given this one last chance to anybody else, but you're special. Yeah, because he could block magic blasts that apparently could kill a dragon with his bare hands. And so it's like, oh my god, nobody's ever done that before. Sure this isn't an isekai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. It could be something that I put, say, on a back burner if it gets a season two. It's been running for a while. It's 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 a safe bit. It's a Shonen Jump series, much like uh, from Studio Mappa, Hell's Paradise, which I must say... After watching episode two, I am all aboard the blood train. Bring it on, baby. Oh, I'm loving I'm this to that Because the first episode was a lot of exposition. It was very pretty exposition. There's it, still was... exposition, but now he's been given purpose. Also, we get to see how deadly he was. And he's straight up just like, yeah, he can he can cut people with his bare hands. All these inmates are literally put on a beach in front of Tokugawa and said, you're going to be going to an island to find this elixir of life. Uh, but first, we'll have you all fight to the death for no apparent reason. And so we get like, you know, our little uh, ragtag type characters here and there. You got your blonde guy with scars and, and sharp teeth, you know, who leads a gang and you get your Kunoichi and you got your giant dude. You know, and uh, Mr. Hollow, uh, their Hollow uh, uh, Ninja, the main character boy, he straight up at one point, just like with his hands still bound together, freaking axe handle smash to the face, knocks off a guy's face. Just, yeah, you know, I'm like, 
okay, yes, this is living up to my expectations coming from the studio of Chainsaw Man. <laughs> okay, um, then. Well, and uh, we we also deal with the drama of each one of these uh, death row people has an executioner tied to them, so to speak. Uh, so if anything happens, well, you know, it's on the executioner's head, uh, so to speak, to both kill them or get killed. Um, and uh, so we're going to see this partnership between the girl who is part of the line of executioners coming to terms with being an executioner alongside him where there still is much more backstory to be told about who he is and, and his background and everything. Because he got the short end of the uh, the, the stick uh, when it came to uh, getting screwed over in his ninja village. So, uh, yeah, I'm as in you for do this as the shonen protagonist. Yep, I am. I am in for this show. It is going to be a fun, violent ride. Now, another one that's looking like a fun, violent ride is My Home Hero. And I will say <laughs> this one is not nearly as pretty as Mappa's work with oh, no. Paradise. That this is one of the shakier animations I've seen in a while. But the yeah. story is really good. And this is somewhat my taste personally of I like a good mystery or noir or thriller. Yeah. And that's what this is of all right. Family crosses the yacht. Because uh, and now they're going to have to try and figure out how to survive. So it's going to be that cat and mouse game and lifetime uh, original anime, <laughs> something like that. But I definitely enjoyed it. You and I watched this one together. Hey, I Chase, did. I watched both and, uh, yeah. episodes so far, and uh, I I just <laughs> I want to send that clip of him with the rice cooker killing the yakuza boyfriend to uh, to that comedian Uncle Roger just to get his take oh on it. Oh my gosh. That is not how you use rice cooker. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really have enjoyed that uh, from the first two episodes. That is a go for me. Um, another one that uh, got uh, two episodes so far. Um, uh, my love story with Yamada at level 999. Um, I watched the first episode with you. I watched uh, the first two with Marissa. And I got to say, it's refreshing to see a sort of rom-com with, you know, adult characters and not high schoolers. Um, Definitely like that. But I'll say I watched the first episode with you and currently don't have plans to continue. I just found it boring. I think you know, the main character is super <laughs> bland. And I think that the girl, she's falling head over heels for a guy who did the incredible Bare minimum <laughs> of yeah. handing her her shoe yep getting her a band-aid and there might have been like an a compliment here or there yeah you know the, it's this is i very much see this as almost wish fulfillment level things of just i yes, can see the that. girl just went through a breakup and uh, yes people who go through a breakup are going to be more likely to you know want to get something on the rebound uh that they are looking for affection in any way but i don't feel any chemistry between them at least not from episode one and i think the main character is just he's bland and boring and the girl she's a bit more energetic but i'm not getting any it real... is very wish fulfilling and... um i'm hoping that these side characters fill things in because the second episode uh introduces one of her friends and more drunken hijinks uh and uh there's there's uh they introduce some of the characters in the role-playing game world with the uh 
the uh, Guildmaster. And so I'm hoping that the world building makes up for the bland wish fulfillment of it. Um, as, I have too as, much other... I've yeah, seen other shows to watch to... It's something where I'm watching it with somebody Sorry. else and that's what will keep me going with it. Because um, uh, by far... What what else was there? Oh yeah, Magical Destroyers. Oh, that was a fun trip of an episode. I Magical Destroyers and, is the one that I am the most conflicted on this season. I mean, it is flashy. It is pandering. It is um, you know laden with references. I almost feel like this was something that may have been in the works prior to trigger announcing that they were bringing back panty and stocking because literally the red magical girl's name is anarchy. Um, and this seems to fall in line with that same kind of humor of sorts. Um, but eh, this is not nearly as profane as penny. And no, not nearly as profane, but, uh, I mean, it, it had the potential in a few places, uh, when they rescued, uh, I forget her name. I'm just going to call her. Oh, blue. yeah. The, the blue magical girl. No, her name the is blue magical blue. girl. Yeah, her name is. OK, well, just, there we go. The, the thing with this series is, yes, I like the references and that's quaint, but just I like the concept of the characters. Yeah. I don't like the characters. And that's not to say that I don't like their personality. This is another case of I find the personalities flat and or just not good that the idea of, okay, it, there's otakus and a lot of the other, like, background characters were otaku archetypes that got all of a line and they weren't even good lines. And then there's the main character who decides, oh, I don't want to be the hero anymore. And then you have the girl who is shown to be not only a powerful fighter and a competent leader that as soon yeah. as main character guy gets all mopey, she takes command. She's like, fine, I'm going to do this. And we see her barking orders and coordinating and she picks this up and she is running the show. And yeah. then two scenes later, she is like arms around the guy's waist, sobbing of just, I <laughs> need you. I need you. That uh, I can't, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And just, ah. Uh, yeah I mean, wow way to make a character who's able to take charge and then just say oh no i that it was it was bad b-movie levels of just what you think of when it is you know the damsel in distress draped over the yeah, buff guy yeah. and but instead of a buff guy it was the otaku and it's like you want to talk about wish fulfillment i was <laughs> like that uh, it did not sit well with me, frankly, because the main character guy is not very inspired. He's not very no, compelling no. that he's meant to be a self-insert character that's supposed to be, yep. oh, you as an otaku can watch this and, you know, imagine yourself as the hero and that the girl is all over you because she needs you. And just, no, I that it's it a show that reminds that me the idea of bit. otaku uh, resistance against uh, folks who don't want otakus to be themselves is on that first surface that's a fun concept but then as soon as you look even the slightest bit beneath the surface it becomes cringy awkward and poorly written so i'm gonna give it maybe one more episode but I'm, magical destroyers is on real thin ice i i, I look at it this way 
it is a more extreme version of uh let, let's let's say a fully coolly flavored version of Shimonetta, basically. Give it the mm. flash and style of a fully coolly, but with the premise in in weird I, kind of I know the premise of Shimonetta. I haven't seen Shimonetta, but at the very okay. least, Shimonetta, the whole thing is that's they commit to the bit, at least from what I've seen in a lot of other weird and zany ways, and just what has me the most interested about magical destroyers is the villains that yeah. there's the whole concept of this is the otaku protection program. It is a term that they use repetitively of, you know, you are being protected. And <laughs> at the same time, the, the powers being that rounded up are doing cages. this, but the villains here all look like otaku archetypes themselves. That so is true too. Uh, I mean, my, uh, my guess, my uh, like, all right, is this going to be some sort of commentary about like how otakus are actually getting in their own way or that, you know, there's, I, I don't know that I'm curious as to why and how, but I don't know if I'm going to have the patience to get there. Maybe I'll hmm. re read the Wikipedia synopsis later, but yeah. It, so here's, like, here's a yeah, sure bet sure. then. Here's a sure bet. Insomniacs after school. It's, uh, this one was, uh, leading films, uh, doing basically call, it's not of, the night call of the night <laughs> without vampires um yeah. and call the night at home <laughs> but here's the thing it is just as beautiful uh but it is missing the vibe i feel like the reason call of the night worked so well wasn't just the characters and the artwork there was also the music that was going for it as well um I'm going to keep watching it because I really did enjoy it. And it is relatable because I do deal with insomnia from restless leg. Um, but I mean, like it's not, uh, it's, 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 it falls short right now from being that kind of like, wow, that uh, call of the night was in my opinion. Mm. Uh, one that we did both enjoy was Tengoku Daimakyo, which is, yes. There's a lot of mysteries still at play. The mysteries are more than compelling enough so to have me wanting to come back. The characters are really good. These are good characters. These are yeah. interesting characters. Um, I'm theorizing a ton already between watching the first two episodes. I'm just going like, what is going on here? But like, you know, it is, it is a hell of a freaking, the, the monster design, my God, like, you know, with, with what's going on with that. Yeah, there's, these elements um, of promised Neverland and hopefully it doesn't end like promised Neverland, <laughs> but this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, this one's on Hulu. So yep. uh, if you have it, then definitely check out Tengoku Daimakyo. Uh, there was at least one or two others that I'm um, getting. I think uh, I've got here on my list, Rokudo's Bad Girls, which I absolutely loved. It is exactly what you expect from it. Kid gets cursed by Unmyoji Scroll to attract nothing but bad girls. And thus, a incredibly cute, uh, incredibly dangerous uh, beast of a girl, Himawari, uh, kind of will become his personal savior of sorts. Um, I'm curious, so what? The... The initial concept of, all right, let, let's have a show about, quote unquote, bad girls. 
that's interesting because those are character archetypes that aren't always explored in anime and that there's some fun stuff that can happen there. The concept of, all right, this guy has a curse that actively attracts the girls to him then almost implies a lack of consent of that they are being emotionally manipulated, even if not deliberately by the guy, that by this magical power that they are being manipulated to have affection for him. How do What's they do What's interesting is that, like, okay, so right away we were introduced to him being picked on by three punks. One of them is a Garu. And uh, after he gets inflicted with the curse, she occasionally keeps slipping up around her boyfriend, one of those th uh, punks, in a way of going, well, maybe we shouldn't pick on him. It's like, what are you saying? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that maybe we should, you know, focus on the other two guys that he's with instead. Wouldn't that be more fun? Oh, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, uh, we should kind of spread the love. And I'm like, this is going to be a little interesting, actually, just to see, like, how because later on in that episode, it's like, what the hell are you doing, Rokuno? What do you mean? What am I doing? What is your face doing is her phone background. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. OK, then. <laughs> um, it's it's. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how these girls wind up kind of coming to his defense. You know, it's going to cause a lot of your cliche, like, you know, harem comedy type stuff, you know, very tenchi moyo, you know, type of situation. Um, but at the same time, he's going to wind up making friends with these punks who would ordinarily like, you know, decimate him and his two best friends. I also do like their stupid catchphrase uh, because of accidentally catching a glimpse of the Gyaru. So what are you looking at? And like they remind themselves uh, as they have a secret meeting in a bathroom stall. Everybody has thighs. And I'm like, <laughs> that's certainly a sentence. <laughs> I just kind of paused it for a moment. I lost it. I was laughing too hard. I'm like, that is, I I never once would have imagined hearing that phrase in any kind of etchy situation, but <laughs> I, I, I love, uh, I love what our engineer just said in our chat, put that on a t-shirt. Can we, can we put that on t-shirt on advshirts.com? Hmm. Call back. <laughs> um, it is, it is a fun show. I also just love the fact that Kimawari, our our lead bad girl, uh, is uh, she's so old school. She is an '80s freaking like punk. She's not a Garu. She's uh oh god, what's what's the term? They they straight up color it in the show too. It, it she's she's got a very traditional look about her. Um, if anything, the, the biker gang girl. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the 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 old fashioned like long skirt, like um, delinquent. Oh yeah, delinquent. This there's a specific term for that style, and they literally refer to her as it. And I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's gonna drive me nuts, like for the rest of the day now about it. Uh, the male equivalent, I think, would be like bancho. Um, but yeah, Himawari is adorable, and uh, she. The the fact that she is this big scary brute 
and then like, oh hi Rokudo, and I'm like, my 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 heart melted. <laughs> so, I mean, if anything, it seems like despite the curse, she probably would be the kind of person to legitimately like him, just because she seems like a kind-hearted person. And I think that this is going to, as the story progresses, these punks are going to kind of warm up and become well, nicer people yeah of course. That's it's how it has to go i feel yeah so i mean i i i'm i i think that this is going to be like my my soft spot like you know comedy fuzzy feeling type thing like there there's there's lots of rom-com lots of fuzzy feeling type shows this season there's lots of messed up shows this season um honestly there's just such a nice flow between the dark and the you know happy um between that and like uh which for mercury was uh right back into it in zero I've not seen it yet i know I'm, I'm gonna hopefully have a chance to watch it over the weekend once i finish that script but the the yeah, only I'm one that stumbled forward to which for mercury do not tell me anything do not tell me anything no 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 tokyo mew mew new uh felt like it stumbled a little bit the uh, well, opening not watching and, that one anyway the opening and ending aren't as strong as the first season um and while the animation is great the characters are still good um this might be one of those that i go back and like binge several episodes back to back and catch up on here and there kind of like what i've done with uh as good as it was eminence and shadow or uh even urusei yatsura where i know kind of what to expect so i can go and let that it's it's not one of those that i eagerly await every week so uh and that will also allow me maybe some time to uh catch up on dr stone so i can get up to that one because <laughs> my god this season oh thank god wrestling got bad it's <laughs> hmm. uh more time for anime yeah now you can watch uh yuri's my job and have that as your wrestling fix in yeah. a strange different way and of course uh we talked very briefly about it, but Oshinoko still, I'm hoping, because uh, that drops on Wednesdays, I'm hoping that the the follow-up episode to that uh, feature-length premiere episode keeps the pace going. It would be amazing to see, despite the fact that, like, you know, because we mentioned the whole thing uh, with numbers being an aggregate score, this is just the pilot episode, and the pilot episode was enough to dethrone Full Metal Alchemist on my anime list. Could the series land that? Could, could they my guess is no, and there's it's a twofold thing of one, it's going to be very difficult for things to I think live up to the premiere, but two, also uh, my anime list as a system is very fallible. That there have been issues in the past where it. FMA Brotherhood has been at the top so long that there are some people who actively campaign and seek to keep it that way and that if they see something getting close, they will review bomb it. Wow. Oof. Because they are that obsessed with uh, keeping a show at the top of a list. Good for you, folks. So, no, my guess is that it will not stay at the top of the list. And that's the combination of both legitimate and illegitimate forces. But uh, bottom line is I expect it to still be very highly ranked regardless. And it's going to just be the question, you know, it's 
for the type of story that was told in the premiere, it's not going to be that week in and week out. You can't do that. But from what I've heard and, you know, I've tried to avoid most posts and commentary from folks who know the series and the light novels because this is an adaptation. Um, so there are folks that know where we go from here. But I've heard that it is very, very good and that it does keep up the general quality. So I'm very excited to see where this one goes because this is one not only was the story good, but the visuals were on point. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on here that it, I'm very excited to see where Oshinoko ends up and uh, how they handle the pacing because the pacing during those that you know first quote unquote episode was very good. I just, just did not better. expect those words out of his mouth at the end of that episode. I was like, mm. wow, okay then. <laughs> do no harm? More like, do all the harm. <laughs> yeah, go watch Oshinoko. Seriously, yeah. like, this is one that I expect I to be up for one of, for uh, best lead female at the anime awards. And we can talk about that more later. I don't want to say anything yeah. more now. Yeah, no, let's, let's, uh, we, we will reserve all, uh, big statements until, uh, the, the end of the season for this show, because I have a feeling we will just continue to rave about it week in and week out, just like we did about, uh, birdie wing, birdie wing, birdie wings back, baby. <laughs> Watch the first episode of that. And it was birdie wing and it oh, yeah. birdie winged as much as I wanted it to birdie wing. Oh man. It's, uh, I mean, like just can, can, can I, can I just, can I just say I have never birdied as much as I birdied with birdie wing season twos. I, it, it was, it was more of the same, but you know what? That's why I love it. The only thing that I'm upset about is that we didn't get a new opening. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel, real, I feel a little cheated by that too. It is not only the same opening song, but the entire opening sequence that at least when it came to Log Horizon, they kept database as their opening for three seasons because it was just an amazing opening that everybody yeah. loved it. it. But they changed the animation to the song for each of the seasons. And the fact that we are getting still the same animation. Venus Line, yeah. And, you know, Venus Line was a fine song, not a bad song. Yeah. But I'm for how high quality everything else is. It was actually very surprising to see that they didn't do anything different with the opening season. Um, for, for clarification, Crunchyroll does consider this a continuation of the first season. Uh, despite the fact my anime list lists it as a season two, uh, Crunchyroll is considering it a continuation of the first season. So it says season two on any chart and other places as well. So I, I don't know. But whatever, uh, I mean, if that's the worst that we can say about Birdie Wing, you know, you got to look at it this way. It's uh, also a twenty dollar game when it comes out in June, I believe, on Switch for digital download. Um, <laughs> that is a budget title from Bandai. Uh, that is not a major release. Um, so something makes me feel like partway along the way they might have slashed the budget on season two. And I'm really dreading that. That is the only reason why I'm kind of going like, mm, God, I hope not. I hope not. I really hope not as well. Like, you know, that, that so could be episode the biggest one was a, here, is exactly what I expected from it. So yeah, looking fine so far. And 
Like I said, if the worst thing we can say about this series is that they got lazy with the opening sequence, fine. As long as what is yeah. after the opening sequence is good, that's really all that matters. Yeah. So uh, here's here's to more of uh, Aoi and Eve uh, smacking uh, little uh, rubber balls around uh, grassy knolls and uh, lining them up in the holes and whatnot. So burning bullets. Yeah. It's a uh, red bullet. Yeah, how, we're we're up to what four colors now with the rainbow? Or uh, five? I believe it was four or five. Yes, but yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what those last two colors are like, or if there will be an actual rainbow bullet by the Ooh, end of the series. You, I think you have a very good point. I'm I'm gonna put my money down on you know the super final ultimate the final shot rainbow bullet. <laughs> yeah, I I think you have a very good concept there. So we will see. But I think that's about going to do it for us. That Again, there's plenty of other shows that we're watching. A lot of sequels, like we've been saying, this is a stacked season. So check some things out. Uh, if any of these sounded interesting to you, maybe uh, take a chance on something new. That Even though there are sequels and uh, do enjoy the things you enjoy, try something new every now and again. Even if it's in a genre even that you might not expect. So yeah, that's half the fun of anime. That there is so much stuff and... Even we can't watch all of it, but we try and figure out, all right, what's some of the good stuff and uh, get some variety in there for ourselves and for you as well. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I will be back next weekend with the folks from the Radio Drama Cast for The Legend of Vox Machina Season 2 Part 1. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can see the trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming wrestling visual novel being headed up by RJ and Mario. And actually, we have a new trailer of it from just earlier this month. You can check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more and get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise from merch.streamelements.com slash Entertainment. I think that is about going to do it for us. So thank you all again. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Oshinoko! Oshinoko!